0: welcome back to our podcast the me podcast where we talk about life experiences um listen to other stories and provide possible life-changing advice um and we kind of just ramble at the same time
1: um, i'm ellen i'm Mycia. and we are your hosts for
0: the episode and this podcast um okay oh
1: yeah, go ahead go ahead oh okay
0: um so this week, we're going to be talking about transition to marriage. And even though we're both, like, not in any sort of, like, romantic relationships or, like, have been married, I think it's important to, you know, have conversations about um the things that we see and we notice in our communities. Um, So, yeah, we'll be talking about that. Um, But before we dive into our conversation um we're gonna do pits and peaks
1: yes um so i guess pits and peaks i don't really have any i suppose um everything has been going pretty great i've just been really exhausted um from just a lot of work but overall i'm doing pretty good and with the holidays behind us there's like less uh you know feeling of loneliness just because the holidays can tend to do that to us whether or not we like it um the influence of being able to be with family but at this time not really um yeah but i've been doing pretty good hopefully everybody else has been too what about you ellen um my pit is
0: mm. there hasn't been any dramas i've been really into <laughs> But I'm hoping to get into um, our beloved summer that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: And then my peak is that I'm going to make chicken law after this. (gasps) Are you going to use rotisserie chicken or are you going to use like an actual chicken?
0: No, I bought actual chicken.
1: (gasps) I, I thought
0: about... Um, getting a rotisserie chicken because there's more juice, you know, yeah, more flavor. But, um, I think I'm just gonna boil chicken and then like try it. Damn, yeah, we have rice, so that's why we yeah. need to get rid of
1: it, yeah. So, yeah, Ellen making la chicken la with like not rotisserie chicken. That's so like, okay, excuse me for saying <laughs> this, but so like. Yeah, five thousand. You know, <laughs> no, girl, I'm ten k. No, oh, give me the twenty. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare me?
0: <laughs> no, but the like shredding the rotisserie chicken is pretty hard too, because that's a lot of chicken.
1: Yeah, and
0: we have cats in the house. We oh. eat chicken too, oh. so they like jump onto the counter all the time and. It gets really tough sometimes.
1: Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, you know, chicken last sounds really good right around now. I might get one tomorrow
0: <laughs> just do we? so can I make some. Can... Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done my groceries yet, so might yeah, do you that. should do it. Yeah, I feel like yours is gonna be really good. Um, I just follow my sister's recipe. Oh, okay, so what do you put in there? Mine's like super simple. Me too. It's just
0: chicken and then the greens and then the powder and like lime. Yep. <laughs> okay. Sounds about right.
1: <laughs> but I might marinate the chicken. Ooh. Just it's See? That's what I'm saying. Ellen's so like, nyako pa, dude. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Nyan pa, okay? <laughs>
0: You know, okay, so there was this one time we did, um like, a Christmas, like, I don't even know what it was, like, a hangout, mm-hmm. and I made, like, chicken lot at your place, remember? And it was, like, so chaotic. So many people were there because we were using your kitchen.
1: Oh, my goodness. That was so long ago. <laughs> I know. I remember. Yeah. That was so long ago.
0: Yeah, my chicken lot was so bad. Like, it was not good. Um, But anyone who ate my chicken lot it has improved so that's all we're looking for growth (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, i'll be doing that after
1: hopefully you make it tomorrow too oh damn let me know how it goes yeah (laughs) share with me how yours is tonight okay yeah (laughs) oh my god i wish we lived closer so then i could just like drive over because i know like (laughs) you and i we're like really safe in terms of like you know, not going out too much, or interacting with other people because mm-hmm. we just work all the time. Um, <sighs> but gosh, I wish we did live closer so I could just like come yeah. over or like we could alternate doing dinners and stuff. Oh, that'd be <gasps> fun! That'd be so much fun. But, anyways, um, hopefully everybody's been doing great, um, and keeping safe and just doing everything that you can to. Lower the numbers of COVID cases because a lot of the hospitals are also um, filling up. So we don't want any of you in there or to be in a position to, you know, go to the hospital for any reason. Um, But aside from that, like Ellen said earlier, our topic today, we are actually going to be talking a little bit about the transition. Uh, that female specifically go through um, or have lack of exposure to prior to this transitional period of marriage. And I think a lot of the times um, it can be a very monumental time in a person's life, which in many other experiences, if done wrong, can be traumatic Um and I feel like just to start it off, I guess the reason why we're having this conversation that kind of sparked this conversation was um, mainly driven out of our fear of marriage. marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess like my specific fear is I like, there's like so many unknowns in our community um, on how to. Not even like behave, but just like how and what are expectations or perhaps too many expectations and lack of exposure, uh, which is a very toxic duo for any experience, Um, which means to say like, you know, a lot of our parents, they do their best to kind of prep women and young girls to become, you know, quote unquote, a good nya to their future families. However, they never talk about how you do this transition. And they just talk about what the transition is and what the transition expects out of us versus how the experience will actually be like. I feel. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, Ellen. So I'll speak up a few do not eye to eye
0: no i i feel that too because i question a lot like why am i scared of marriage um and well one i don't fear divorce because i'm like a child of divorce i feel like i would get divorced like five times okay yeah i think like commitment is like my issue but like that transition it's like you're not only committing to like your partner but like their whole family as well right I don't know if I can do that, bro. Because uh, we're not the same people. <laughs> like, I feel like, okay, I feel like once you marry your partner, you're marrying into their family. And that's just how, like, I've been modeled, especially in, like, the monk community, right? Um, because you show up for family, quote-unquote family, um, because that's just, like, a thing that we do. Um, and I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I think that's why because we lack exposure. I want to like interact with my partner's family before getting married, and I want my partner to also interact with my family before we get married, if we ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, and I think like it's super scary cuz you don't know like Okay, one of my biggest fears is after getting married I want my mother in law to like me. uh well actually my in laws to like me. And I think like because we don't have that connection to like build or I don't know, we just don't have that connection. Um, it just like leaves like room for awkwardness and like resentment and hatred because you don't know that person or um you are not up to par to what your partner's mother or parents wanted you to be, I okay? guess. Oh. Um, yeah, and I think there's, like, a lot of expectations that um, your kid has to marry a suitable person, and if they're not, then, like, your, your wife is, like, or your partner is, Oh, shun- well, not your partner, but you yourself, um, especially as a woman, like shunned upon and I think that's just so like that is super scary and it's so fucked up and
1: yeah. The kind
0: of thing with what you said. It's just really scary.
1: Ellen mm-hmm. If I had like a midi player right here next to me and I could like input some like audio I would definitely input, like, a clapping sound in the (laughs) background. That was said so perfectly, and I agree absolutely 100%. Mm -hmm. So good. It's, like, I think,
0: like, it really breaks my heart because I've seen it happen to, like, people in my family. And it's, like, after you get married, it's kind of, like, you can just tell it the room you know and like as kids you can just see it and it's really i want to say kids but like other family members you can just see it and I think it's kind of like walking on eggshells you know all the time and it's just like uh, it's so uncomfortable and I just feel really bad for like women in our community because because oh Okay, also adding in that we are, like, pitted towards one another, like, I think that's, like, intersecting into why we, why, like, older parents or, like, mothers see, like,
1: daughter-in-laws, like, that way, you
0: know? Oh my gosh.
1: But um, that's just me. I agree. Yeah. It comes from a place where, I feel like it comes from a place where, like, a lot of love for their son. Oh, expecting us or or expecting them to find like the perfect suitor um or in this case like heteronormative relationships to find like a you know women to marry and expecting the you know their spouse to be perfect daughter-in-laws um which is like tending to every single thing that their parent or like you know the in-laws' needs and stuff like that, um, which is not to say like a unreasonable expectation or unreasonable need. Um, however, if that expectation comes attached with like oppression and patriarchy and um, you know all of that, like I think, I think the world needs to change a little bit just because like there's a lot of and I feel like we also don't talk about how this transitional period is so hard just because you know you're you're literally like in our culture it's like literally stripping you away like everything away from like your family Mm -hmm. and you're moving into, a, like, a different family and becoming a part of who they are, and at the same time, it feels like you have, like, no support anywhere. Like, you can't even go back to your family to ask for help, or you have, like, no connection, no sense of, like, foundational no trust for this new family to even ask them for help either. And, like, um, I just think that's, like, such a... Weird, strange limbo that women have to go through, especially for you know, uh, Hmong for our Hmong culture or like Hmong community to be able to experience for Hmong women in, in particular to experience. Um, like, how long do we need to like continue to feel that way? I mean, you know, it's always like such a taboo as well to like have to be connected to other people's families before you get married. And then all of a sudden they just expect you to like pick up and like trust them and like do everything. I'm just like, what? No. Because I'm like, like say for example, if I was to get married like tomorrow and I'm like 27, <laughs> I'm like, I spent 27 years with like my own parents. I still don't even trust them hundred percent so like gosh no like that's so hard like I feel like a lot of women go through this depressive state um in between that time and that really sucks because a lot of the times women during like their first few years of like marriage like some people have kids during that time I'm like some people experience postpartum depression, along with like still trying to figure out like their position or quote unquote, like their position in like the new family and like getting along with everyone and getting accustomed to how they do things. And ugh it's just so much. Yeah. And I even think about like, while you're talking, um, I thought about
0: like my family <laughs> and one of my sisters actually like reached out and was like, hey. Like, I don't really know how this marriage thing works because <laughs> she was struggling. And, like, we, me and my sisters were like, I don't really know how to have a conversation with you because I've never been through that. So, like, what would I know? You know, mm-hmm. I think even, like, outsiders, I, I want to say outsiders, but, like, even as, like, a third party, it's even hard to comfort those who are going through that situation um and then I also thought about um like in the dating period (laughs) I don't know about you Maisia but from my experience and observations when you're dating like someone when you're dating your partner right um and they bring you to a family event or whatever you're kind of the person who has to initiate the conversation like the you as, like, the girlfriend, okay, we're talking about how to norm- normative, like, couples, right? You as the, the woman or girl have to, like, initiate the conversation with the family for them to, like, feel comfortable to, like, talk to you, you know? um, Which I think is so fucked up. Um, I think it should be, like, the family coming to you to talk to you to make you feel comfortable in their space, right? Yeah. Okay. Or
1: well, okay, also I'll go
0: at your partners. It's also your partner's like role to make you feel safe and comfortable. And if not, like they need to do a better job.
1: Ooh, 100%. <laughs> However, yeah. I just also wanted to say like uh, mm-hmm. like my previous experiences, it's always been them initiating conversations uh, to me, but my anxious ass always be like so scared so (laughs) i think in general anyways like regardless of what like that's a very daunting position or daunting uh experience to have and like either ways but i think that like it's even more scary for a lot of us because that's actually not viewed as like acceptable yeah too so like I don't know, like, the only thing, the thing that always, like, goes through my mind is just, like, oh, shit, like, am I even allowed to be here, like, you know, Mm -hmm. type of, like, questions, just because I'm, like, oh, my God, like, definitely takes me to, like, my earlier years where I always feel, like, ostracized for, like, being in places that, like, perhaps I shouldn't be, and, like, that's actually like one of the places that makes me feel that way or takes me back to like when I'm like I don't know 14 15 um and I'm like just don't know how to be sociable with people and I'm like oh my god like do I look stupid right now like am I what am I supposed to say like even if I give answers I'm like always questioning like it was that like the right answer like I don't know yeah but No, I always get really anxious when people like talk to me personally. Like, I feel like people should just like not talk to me and just let me be like a fly on the wall. Just leave me alone and like let me just observe first. Um, yeah. But perhaps that's just like my personality. I know some people feel a little bit more comfortable with people like talk to them. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I have no answers, so don't ask me anything. (laughs) I felt that it is hard too because. I, okay,
0: personally for me, I'm a generation where I don't speak that much Hmong, right? Um, and so there's also that, like, language barrier of having to speak with, like, the elders, um, or, like, their parents, especially, yeah, like, it's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, something that, like, they, they teach. Uh, young girls and women is to call people to come and eat, right? I can't even do that. Like, that's really tough for me. It's like, if you see the food, just go grab it. Like, Yeah, that's me. And I think, like, to do the initiation, it was really tough.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And granted, like, the language... Will definitely be a barrier too like definitely like not my experience just because i am fluent in it mm-hmm. um but i can see that like it is going to be really difficult especially if you don't speak the language and like especially if they have like grandparents there who only speak Hmong and then you like yeah. try to connect with them and it just doesn't work because or it doesn't like it's really difficult um uh, just because there's a lot of things that are, like, lost in translation. And then, mm-hmm. especially in our culture, too, where there's, like, ageism and, like, filial uh, piety and stuff like that. And there's like, oh, like, oh, our elders tend to, like, make fun of us or in a way, like, shame us for not being able to speak our native tongue, even though a lot of us, Hmong is not our native tongue anymore. Um, yeah, so my heart goes out to anybody who's like struggling with that yes (laughs) just because you know as we get older too like it's harder to speak it um like fluently so I feel you guys oh okay so I
0: also want to say like we have different dialects right
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's
0: also really hard (laughs) like let's say because I'm white I'm Hmong white and if my partner was like Hmong green or Hmong black or whatever. I have to, like, cater my language to, like, their family and communicate in that sort of way. But when I grew up in, like, a Hmong white family, some words are just used very
1: differently. Mm -hmm. Like, what's a good example? (laughs) A good example? You want a good example. Let me give you a good example. (laughs) Um, I have this one, like, on the back pocket all the time to use. Uh Um, So if you guys have not seen one of – it's, like, a Hmong movie – uh, and the main girl, she gets married to a guy who speaks um, you know, and she's mongda. And so then like <laughs> the mother-in-law's like, oh nya iki, uh mokong to you know. And so then like, <laughs> she didn't know what that meant. And so Lord like I don't know what that means either but like it was just really funny to in a way like funny and like disheartening to watch because the mother-in-law did not explain to her like what that meant or what it is Mm. and so she just like questioning like mokong like what is that so she took the cooked rice and she just like um, she rolled it up into like uh, kind of just like four-inch long, I don't know, like, stick or rod or whatever. Uh, and she just, like, bent it. So it's, like, curved. <laughs> and then later, they were – and then, like, later down in life, then, um, like, they ended up getting divorced and stuff like that. But, like, later the mother-in-law came over to her home, and then she was, like, oh, you know, which is just, like, rice porridge. And mm. she's like, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, like even that is like lost in language and like lost in mm-hmm. translation. And like not everybody's going to understand. And for everybody who's like struggling with like the language itself, like to become a nya with like so many expectations ahead of you, um, like a lot of them unspoken or unwritten or just even things that personal preference you know um and not being not being like on even like friendly terms with your future in-laws uh, prior to being married like that's scary like they're all, they're just strangers yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't know about you but like
0: it's intimidating like it's so 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 intimidating because you feel like you have to impress them with everything everything like even to how you like scoop the rice <laughs> oh like like sometimes they be like criticizing you like why are you scooping the rice this way you should be scooping the rice that way or why did you put the table or why did you place the plates here you know um just like those little tiny like moments <laughs> it's like disheartening and it's yeah. kind of Oh fuck. And then let's say you talk to your partner about it. I think having that conversation as well is very difficult. Like you don't wanna like hate on their family but it's the reality that you're facing and it's really hard, especially when your partner is aware of it, but they don't do much to fix it because they see it as like a woman's thing, right? Like that
1: shit um <laughs> insert applause sound
0: <laughs> yeah like i see a lot of that too and because our culture is so into patriarchy or it's rooted all of it's rooted <laughs> in patriarchy that it's difficult for like you i want to say for like a guy or like a son to like speak up but it could be difficult you know yeah but when you're the son that they love the most, just say it. <laughs> just say it. Like, but I can also see where that hurts the relationship between the mom and like
1: the daughter-in-law, or you and stuff. Well, I think it's also really important for like for the guy to make comments that shows that he's also in solidarity with his wife like you know a lot of the times nothing is said yeah <laughs> so we're kind of just you know, we're left to fend for ourselves
0: you know mm-hmm. and that's where it feels like the most lonely
1: yeah oh my gosh yes because you think that
0: like you're marrying someone that is gonna advocate for you but when it comes down to it it's like nothing done
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and like especially in such like early stages of your of marriage i feel like um any comments towards you know your in-laws even if it's like brought up in a conversation with your spouse can feel really sensitive towards the family Mm. and That's why I'm like, you know, it's always so, like, messed up or, like, it doesn't make much sense to me how, like, it's kind of taboo to go to, you know, events and um, with, like, that's related to, like, your spouse's or your future spouse's, like, family or, like, them coming over to help your family even before you guys get married. Um, Because I'm like, what if you just, what if you don't even get along with their family? like that can be that can be somebody's like requirement or like something like as a green flag or a red flag, you know? If you don't get along with their family, like do you even want to be a part of their family? Like it's going to be an uphill battle. And like if you're up for that, like your choice. If you're not up for that, your choice, right? Um I don't know. I think it's just so difficult that women have to continuously fight yeah like patriarchy when they're with their families and then like after marriage they're still fighting patriarchy even more levels of patriarchy um don't even get me started when like you're out in the public and you're
0: <laughs> you have to act cordial with your um in-law you know as if like y'all get along or as if you guys are like really close and like It's the hardest. I feel like it would be really difficult because you're kind of, like, rolling your eyes.
1: (laughs) I feel like I would be. Yeah. Just to say it on the record, if you don't get along with your in-laws, that's completely normal. Yeah, it's so normal. (laughs) And nobody's just saying anything. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody thinks or everybody plays a part that, like, they get along perfectly fine with their in-laws and that, like... They're like on good terms and um, you know, everything's fine and dandy and that everybody has a perfect family and yeah. when in reality is complete or I shouldn't say complete chaos, but it's close to there. <laughs> if your family if that's not your experience, like that's
0: so good. Great you know, to you.
1: Yeah. To yeah, to each of your own experiences. But I feel like a lot of the times the reason why like mental health is so important nowadays especially or not even just nowadays but it's becoming like more talked about um Mm -hmm. is the fact that you know a lot of these transitional periods in our lives are they like change us like fundamentally change us and sometimes there are a lot of um impacts or external impacts that affect us and people just don't see that as like that important and I feel like marriage is like definitely one of them where you know whether or not you continue to want to build a family with this person is gonna be reliant on how the beginning stages of your marriage is if it doesn't start out well like I hope you guys really work at it or call it quits
0: okay I was watching um a video about the real Mm -hmm. and Jeannie Mai shared that um she knew within her first year of marriage that her marriage wasn't gonna work Mm. and I was like whoa that's so interesting but she got along with her fam, like her in-laws like so well and like they loved her so much um I was like whoa that's so interesting so I hope that you, anyone who's struggling out there, that you either, I think you know what to do. <laughs> I think you know what to do. Because, like, you know yourself best, you know? And you know where you see this relationship. And I kind of feel like you've made, mm, I wouldn't say you made up your mind, but you know yourself best. Mhm. hmm um, And so either if you choose to stay or you
1: forego this relationship, that's okay.
0: You have to do what's best for you.
1: And normalizing, too, like that um, divorce is okay. (gasps) Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh.
1: Me and my sister talk about this all the time. Yeah. Like, divorce is okay. And I feel like it happens a lot more than we'd like. Um, Granted, though, again, divorce is really heavily shamed uh, women in our community, uh, which is why like a lot of the times women stay in relationships that are dying or have been dead for a really long time um and that is not women's fault i understand especially when you know they have kids and it's hard to leave because the community is not built to support women or especially at like you know, the marriage ceremony itself where it's been deemed like, oh, yeah, like, you're not our family anymore. Like, where do you go from there? And it feels so, like, lonely and ostracizing and scary, especially after that. So I feel a lot for just women in general. Um But yeah, or, definitely. Or even... Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, or even like, you know how in mm-hmm. the Hmong culture, there's, Like, if you go back... Okay, so when you get married, right, you have your people with you sending you off, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there's, like, designated roles that if you were to get a divorce or if something were to happen, um, these people, like, represent you in the meeting. And I think that's, like, so harmful just because those people are fucking men. And, (laughs) um... They, I think, like, that's where a lot of the times, like, women feel like they don't have a voice, right, and they feel like, fuck, like, I just have to stay, and I think that's so unfortunate, mm-hmm. because, and I don't know how it is, like, nowadays, but from when I've seen, like, divorces happen, a lot of the times, like, people would just say, oh, like, what well, should they, or, like. You know, Ugh. like talk it out or do this and that and that, um or like shaming the woman. And yeah, I think that's like, mm, it just rubs me the wrong way. And it's like, you know, the only people in this relationship is you and your partner. And nobody should like have to represent you or mm-hmm. <laughs> have to say anything. Um, but that's just me, you know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I was going to tie it in. I was going to tie it into what you said, but I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, my mind just like went blank.
1: No, it does relate because I was saying, you know, like how I feel for women just because a lot of the times we feel like we're on the losing end um, just because we don't get like there's really like no circle of support for women, um, especially, Mm -hmm, you know, like we've said before, the patriarchy oppresses women and then also gaslights and manipulates women to manipulate and gaslight each other. So, um, like, we can't even feel the solidarity amongst women ourselves just because, you know, like they always say, (laughs) you know, so, like, y'all need to stop the gossip, too. Just saying, like, whoever is out there (laughs) gossiping, to give for 2022 and now on okay because we're not here for that anymore um but like that's so toxic also that like just tangent that women uses like gossip in order to mask this like this sense of connection um towards other women and i'm just like not here for that whatever um but <laughs> yeah. Like, I totally get if you're like speaking for yourself.
0: But when you start like sharing that with the community, it's like, or if somebody else like shares that with the community, it's like,
1: it's not your place to share any of that. Yeah. Cause a lot of the times it happens when like other people are sharing stories of other people with other people. And I'm just like, stop. Go get a therapist yeah yeah or go to couples couples counseling please not
0: um, your freaking law or whatever <laughs> shit go to like an actual <laughs> you know helping professional because we all know they buy us as well yeah
1: you don't need the so. fucking 18 clans up in this shit because we all know that they're just men in those <laughs> seats we don't need to hear any more opinions from men um not about your relationship, when it should just be you and your spouse figuring out how to do life together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. But back on track, it's like, I think that we, it's just like in this community of women too, I think it's getting a lot better in the sense that like, they're sharing more stories of like how difficult it is, and like how how their transition was like from you know being a single person to being a married person as as if it should change. Um, like you as a human being have an experience that doesn't that can potentially fundamentally like change you. However you are still the same person you were before marriage. And I don't see how that, like, this experience should make you a different person just because you have a different set of titles. Um, Or, yeah. Which is why I'm like, I think we're making, we're possibly making this with so many expectations or that are unnecessary. Um, just let people live. Yeah. <laughs> we keep saying that, like, just let people be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but truly, just let people be happy. I
0: think if you really care for, like, your son or their partner, yeah. let them do whatever they
1: want. Yeah. I think they'll like it definitely comes from a lens of like oh i want the best suitable person for my son obviously yeah. because we are very patriarchal and then also it like if the if the girl that they their son has chosen is not up to their expectations it's like a constant battle for the girl to feel like she's enough oh my gosh yeah and i'm like I feel so sorry for those who make women who are like freshly like newlyweds who should be enjoying this time as like their new chapter, oh, yeah. and all they're worried about is like feeling like they're shitty and they're not enough and they're not doing enough and like oh my god like my parents' reputation is gonna go down the drain as if that any that is like anything at all. I'm just like it makes me cry all the time. Mm-hmm. I think if you add in like being married at such a young
0: age because we know that like there's still folks who
1: marry at like 16 you know and then um there's like no in between it's either really early or like in their late 20s really yeah. <laughs> everybody in between is just broke yeah
0: <laughs> and then if you're living with your
1: in-laws as well oh, oh my, gosh.
0: my gosh that's like oh. a completely that's a completely like another layer Ellen go off <laughs> Like, your depression spikes, bruh. Like, I totally, I, I get it. Oh. And then there's, like, the nagging that goes on. You hear all the shit talking that may happen if they don't, if they're not, like, up to par or if your
1: expectations are not met, you know. Uh, or if you just wake up late. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Like, okay, what's considered early and what's considered late? Because, okay. My ass on the weekends be waking up at, like, noon.
0: (laughs) Um, I think, like, seven is pretty early. And I think, like, older adults, they do wake up pretty early, too, because they sleep less, right? And so you have to prep meal for them.
1: Do old people just can't sleep long because, you know, they just, like, ache everywhere. Which I'm like, I get. I'm getting there, too. (laughs) But... You know? Yeah, with those hardwood floors. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs>
0: but, yeah, I think, like, living with your... Because sometimes you don't have a choice to live apart from your in-laws, right? Especially if you're the oldest or the youngest, or if you don't have the financial needs to be able to. Like, that's just... It's even more... I think like there's expectations and then there's even more expectations because you're living with them and then you gotta clean (laughs) you gotta do everything around the house and it's it's super sad because you're pretty much like the help and I think that's so like that's not your role in the family
1: yeah like they expect you to all of a sudden get married and then become like a maid to somebody's household like yeah just gonna say it as how it is, like how it looks like to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a maid. <laughs> I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think any other women in our culture expects them to become a maid after marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I hope that like people are getting married to other people who value and respect them as much as they value and respect themselves. Because if they don't leave, please, um, it's okay. Again, marriage is okay. Uh, divorce is normal. Do we want that for you? No, if this person is like the person that you truly love and want to spend the rest of your life with. But if they're not willing to co- like accommodate, are they worth it?
0: Nah. Nah. Ooh. And I also want to add all of that. And then on top of, if you are um, Anya from overseas. (gasps) Oh my gosh, that transition. I cannot even imagine like how lonely and depressing and your mental health. I don't know how that. I can't even imagine how that would be. Because your family is completely not there. You don't know anybody, let's say you don't know the language. You're like isolated pretty much. And then you you might even think that like doing all of this work <laughs> is normal and it's not. And it's that's like super sad. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even drive a car.
1: Oh my goodness. And on top of that you gotta get like your citizenship and everything, those paperwork like how stressful please reference our other citizen episode if you want to hear more about that and how (laughs) tough that uh that process (laughs) is but um yeah definitely like i am so proud of just anybody in general uh specifically in this conversation like women of any kind to Mm -hmm. get married and be willing to like shift their whole life into another person's life um just because that's like how it works in our uh community unfortunately or that's how like the expectation kind of lies um but definitely like ooh the layers of complexity and the levels or uh, how difficult it is to transition into that and the amount of depression that comes with it. But because we obviously as a community don't really acknowledge mental health, um, everybody just deals with it, you know? Yeah. And I'm just here, like, I don't know about you, Ellen, but I'm just here. Like, what do you mean by deal with it? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I know, like I've talked to some mothers and, um, like women who has married into punk families and bro, it's even gotten to the point of like suicidal, you know. But because they have like kids, like, that's the reason why they like haven't done it. I'm sure. And I th- Yeah, and I think that's like extremely I think that's so telling. Like sometimes you can just see on their faces that like they're
1: not happy. Mhm. Or that everything has taken a toll on them. Mm. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I hope that, like, (laughs) men will become better advocates and support for their wives. Like, that's the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, truly, like, the bare minimum. Because, first of all, like, if they're, like, this is a true testament. Like, marriage is a true testament of your relationship. And the strength of it and like if they're not able to like support you in question why like it's such a difficult time or like why this transition is so difficult for their wives that kind of raised red flags for me mm. yeah yeah we just need a better like our future sons our current sons our old sons (laughs) to be better like spouses um to their wives because we're all you know human beings and especially if like there are men out there who like don't like the way that their fathers treat their mothers and they do the same thing to their wives and i'm like Scratching my head cause I'm like, what? I understand that that's why you're exposed to, and that's why you behave that way. That's still like lack of accountability for your actions.
0: head and hard work people
1: <laughs> hard work, yeah, makes me disgusted, but I think though, like a lot of like to give credit where credit is due, I think a lot of um. It's getting better. I think it's getting better in the sense that, like, a lot of the times people, I feel like our generation is getting married a little bit later. And they're getting married at a time where they're financially capable uh, Mm -hmm. and financially independent to the point where even if they get married, like, they're able to live on their own, separate from in-laws not that we don't love the in-laws we're just saying that too many hands in a relationship is not good and you know i think distance make the heart grow fonder is healthy distance is healthy you know sometimes or Mm -hmm. a lot of the times yeah i think so too yeah (laughs) like hit them
0: up once in a while that's fine but every day Mm.
1: Or even every weekend for that fact. Like
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, I think a lot about just being a wife and having to like serve your relationship, you know? That's already a lot of work. And then it to add on so many. Add kids. Oh. Oh. I'm scared of kids.
1: Add kids. I'm scared of having kids. Add the in laws. (laughs) Add the younger siblings. Oh, yeah. Add responsibilities, having to pay everything. That's a lot of work. Props to you guys who are doing all of that. Yeah, we're saying this because we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But oh, geez. But what's one thing that you want turning back to like the very beginning Mm -hmm. the lack of exposure? and I know we talked about this, like, throughout the episode, um, something that you would want your partner to do? What? To, like, help, I guess. Like, before marriage? Mm, yeah, like, before marriage, like, as you're, like, dating, to, like, get you comfortable with your future part- partner's family.
1: I think definitely just, like, being around their family a little bit more helps, mm. um, just so that you kind of know like uh like what you're getting into i think that's like the thing that really scares me is like a lot of the times it happens in the sense that like some of these women are marrying their significant other and going into like a whole new family kind of like blindsidedly Mm. yeah and not really knowing like oh like this is kind of like how their parents is or this is kind of like how their behavior is or even just like getting on friendly terms before you that like you guys actually get married, or yeah, like I think that really helps because you at least have like some sort of foundation to work off of. Not just like we're strangers, but we're family now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's scary. Yeah, but what about you,
0: Ellen? I
1: actually would
0: want to hang out with my mother-in-law, or not mother-in-law, my my partner's like parents mm-hmm. and family, like by myself, like by yourself, like going, yeah, like going on like coffee. Chatting over coffee or, like, I don't know, just doing activities together. Mm -hmm. Because then, one, I'm getting to know them, like, what they like to do. Um, And two, we're able to, like, conversate. And I think that's, like, really important because you're getting to know each other, like, more personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And would I like my partner to give me brownie points in other conversations that I'm not around? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that's really important for my partner to talk about. Who I am. And the type of person that I am. And then for them to like. Also get to know me. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I just think like. In-laws are so tricky. Like older people are so tricky. Mm -hmm. Someday I will be the old people. And I will be really tricky. (laughs) But as of right now. um, You know. I feel like it's kind of hard. Just because like we're still. We still have this like level of ageism as well and so I think that plays a really big role into how like they treat us yeah Um, which is kind of like to me it it makes me a little bit disgusted because of that Um, just because like they feel like they have authority over you just because they're older that like you're expected to respect and obey the things that they say and i'm like it does like scare me a little bit in the sense that like even if you do have a little bit of foundation like how much would that matter after you're married and you're a part of their family and like at the end of the day like you're their daughter-in-law and they're still like older than you and you're married to their son i'm just like oh (gasps) that's the yeah that's that's the anxiety speaking but if nobody has that like you did not hear talk that. You. <laughs> yeah. you did not hear that. I did not instill. Sorry if I did.
0: I think that like makes me think of um,
1: boundaries and like your partner
0: making those boundaries and making them clear to their family. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because that's how they show up as support. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that real quick. Okay. Like, how can like your like significant other, like your spouse, the guy, mm-hmm. show up and be supportive of you in this? moment because a lot of the times I feel like they don't have to do much transition. They still live with their family. They still live with people that they've like grown up with and known. So like what are some ways that you would suggest as good tips for them to show us as like a significant other? Um they better be there emotionally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well bare minimum,
1: come on. Yeah.
0: Um I think for me Mm. it's really hard to think cause that, yeah that's really hard for me to like imagine because I cannot envision myself getting married but let's say like dating wise how they can show up would be let's say I vocalized that I didn't like something or I was uncomfortable because of something I would want them to say that to their family like, hey, like, Ellen doesn't feel comfortable doing this, can we do something else? Or, like, can she, I don't know, help with something else? Or could she do this instead? Um, and then also vocalizing what I like and don't like. Because they should know me by then, you know? Or my partner should know me enough um, to know whether I like something or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, to answer your question, yeah, but that's all I can really think of because you know, homegirl is not at that level yet,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that too. I think just to take it a little bit more, is like I think it also helps when it comes from a unit. So, like, uh, instead of just feeling like oh, like you, like Ellen, don't feel comfortable, uh, it'd be like oh, like, like we, we, you know, uh. because it's like I think that's like important on how like men can show up to be uh, supportive or like as support for like feminism and stuff like that is like showing that like, hey, like, I don't like it when you talk about women this way. And like, especially Mm -hmm. in a unit like that, I think it's helpful when they're like, oh, we don't want to do that. Or we don't feel comfortable doing that. Because then it doesn't like, make you guys feel like too separate things and a lot of the times if we're talking about everything that we've been talking about you know like patriarchy and like oppression and stuff like that I feel like they'll be like oh again you know it's just like Ellen so why does that matter oh yeah so they
0: pin it towards yeah, you, yeah.
1: but it's like if they really want to show up to, then they would have to like loop themselves in at the same time where it's like oh we don't want to do that or we don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing that yeah mm-hmm.
0: No, that makes sense. I think that's so attractive. <laughs> to that. Yeah.
1: I think that's like the best way instead of like, um, especially like if you have conversations or like, let's use me for example. Like if I was to have say like voice out to my significant other to be like, oh, I didn't like it or it made me really uncomfortable when your mother said this. Um, like, I really wish she didn't have, but you know, I understand that accidents happen and stuff like that. And then, like, if the next time that happens and, like, I voice that out to, like, my significant other, then they'd be like, oh, like, mom, I don't like it when you say this. Or, like, we don't like it when you say this. Or, you know, making it feel like we're in it together. Because that's how we should be. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially, okay, do you think that applies for just or dating or like engagement or just married couples, it's I think like at some point, like well, let's say they're still at the very beginning of their relationship, um, or that's dating engagement or like marriage, and they just use I instead, you know, mm-hmm. or they like say, oh, Ellen feels uncomfortable or myself feels uncomfortable.
1: I think, like, I think it depends on who you're talking to and, like, how serious the relationship is. And, like, I'm only saying this applying to more specifically, like, marriage, because I feel like at that point, there's, like, other responsibilities that don't come with when you're just dating. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, especially when you're talking to somebody who's, like, as sensitive as like a mother-in-law or like a father-in-law or even just like one of their siblings yeah i think it's helpful when people can see you as like a collective unit versus like oh me and her or just ellen feels uncomfortable like i'm okay with it but ellen has a problem with it (laughs) yeah
0: okay that just made me okay i was processing what you were saying and what I said, oh my gosh, dude, I think that's, like, looking back, and I don't know about you, but whenever that happened in my family, they always said, oh, nya feels like this, or nyah feels like blah, 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 um, or they did this, or you did this, and yeah, it feels uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. So it's never been, like, a unit type of thing. It's always been individualistic. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. But that's just, like, my opinion. I feel like it's better when you, mm. you, you, like, come together as a unit as you should in those type of situations, especially if you're – I think that helps build, like, your relationship, too. Yeah. Because yeah. then it doesn't feel like you're against each other while you're, like, also mm-hmm. trying to build this thing. Yeah yeah no, that makes sense. But I don't know. I'm not married <laughs> yeah okay. take it with a grain of salt, guys. Don't come from here. I think that I,
0: <laughs> I think that speaks a lot of that has a lot of truth in it though hmm. like your word
1: yeah, yeah anybody who tries it, let us know if it works <laughs> if it's effective, you know, yeah. we'd love to know. It's great info share share the share the love, yeah. But at the end of the day You know We just want people to Let them be happy And um, Yeah Do better in like Being Advocates for Women And Mental health Cause That's what this whole situation is about I've been rambling on for too long Do you have anything else to add Ellen?
0: Um I would say That if you need to cut off your in-laws That's probably fine oh! <laughs> Say more, yeah, because i and especially if you're like the son and if you need to cut off your family, that's great like advocacy to your wife and for her to feel safe um uh, and distancing your family from your fam you're distancing your parents or your siblings or whatever family outside of your immediate family now um or just like your partner that you're dating. I think that's totally cool like that speaks a lot of volumes to your loyalty I guess um and your morals and your values so
1: damn keep with that integrity you know Ooh. ellen came out strong on that one <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really fun um but yeah i think i think we're going to wrap it up here we've said a lot and yeah for anybody who's struggling because you know, they're in the early stages of their marriage, or even like in the early stages of like meeting their future in-laws, possible future in-laws. And like, it's really scary. Like, yeah, of course, it's scary. Like, nobody's equipped for that. And, you know, our community doesn't see that as valuable information prior to marriage. So, um, you know, like Ellen said earlier, you know yourself best. Um, whatever you do is for your information and to better your relationships. So yeah, with everything that we said, um, our hearts go out to all the women out there who is struggling and who has been, you know, possibly depressed out of this newfound chapter uh, that's supposed to be supposed to be happy times of your life, um, but yeah, otherwise, you guys can check our links down below. We have links to domestic violence hotlines, uh, suicide prevention, and mental health, So, uh, as well as our socials. So check us out. Um, send us a letter. Let us know if any of this is helpful. And <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys back on Monday. Bye. Bye.